You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. One of the fastest rising stars in adult entertainment is the gorgeous Lindsay Ryder. The stunning blonde is rapidly building a solid fan base of dedicated followers. With luscious long legs and incredibly fit physique and inviting eyes, the Detroit native is captivating porn viewers worldwide. Her hardcore scenes stand out as Lindsay brings a fiery passion to her performances, seducing her scene partners and making sure they are brought to an orgasmic ending. Before Lindsay launched her on-screen career, she began making a name for herself as a dancer. Gentlemen's clubs in the Detroit area were treated to the sultry moves in her sexy stage shows. Not content with her day job as a legal assistant, the free-spirited concentrated her efforts on feature dancing and modeling. With her portfolio images catching fire on social media platforms, Lindsay was soon courted by multiple adult content producers. With an enthusiastic love of sex, the model easily made the leap to hardcore video. Browsers, Penthouse, and Jules Jordan Video are some of the top adult companies to feature Lindsay in their productions. Directors love her for her professionalism, stunning looks, and ability to brighten a set, while fans love the electricity and energy she brings to her scenes. As Lindsay is gaining momentum in adult entertainment, she's also making impressions with her erotic content creation. On her OnlyFans and many of its channels, Lindsay's delivering high-quality images and videos to her followers. She was nominated Hottest MILF and Most Spectacular Boobs fan voted at the 2021 Avian Awards. Now with a growing list of credits to her filmography and a dedicated social media following, Lindsay Ryder is poised to be the next big thing in MILF porn. You guys are really going to enjoy this episode with Lindsay Ryder. We loved sitting down with her and getting her take on the adult porn industry. So here you go. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay. We are so excited to pick your brain about porn and the whole adult entertainment industry. So the first question is, you were first a stripper. How did you get into that originally? Um, So when I was... 21, 22, I believe, is when I first um, joined the industry. And one of my um, friends was actually a dancer previously, and she had suggest she had suggested that I um, I was having trouble like paying bills and everything. So she suggested that I join and start as a coat chat girl, actually, um, and that's how I got in. I started as a coat check, then I went to shot girl, and then I became a dancer. So it progressed to dancing from there. I feel like coat check and serving at strip clubs is like a gateway drug. Like, (laughs) I did the same thing. I did the same thing. Yeah. And it's like more money, more money, more money, right? Like, (laughs) so. It's a slippery slope. I actually started, um, when I was a shot girl, I became like, they let me do dances as a shot girl. Too, and I saw the money that I could make from doing lap dances. So that's, I was like, screw this. I'm not doing shots no more. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like doing shots, uh, and then doing dances as a shot girl is kind of like a good, um, Mixture. marketing strategy because now you're getting all the guys who like want what they can't have, but then also can get yes. it for a price, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How did the other dancers feel about you? doing lap dances as a shot girl did they feel like they were you were like stepping on toes like were they pretty friendly about it um I feel like so I know that um some of them weren't happy about it but nobody ever gave me like nobody ever came to my face and was like 
fuck you, bitch, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, like, kind of talking behind my back. So I knew that they, I knew that they weren't happy about it, but at the same time I was just like, well, I mean, I, I, they did have me paying tip outs too and everything, but I didn't have to go on the stage. So I did feel eventually that like, okay, I see, I understand where they're coming from and everything. And I really should like make a decision on whether or not I'm going to do shots and continue like pissing people off (laughs) or if I'm going to just like, go into dancing and see what happens from that. And I did that and decided that that's probably better for me. Well, clearly it was a good choice (laughs) because you have gotten a lot of recognition for your stage shows at the strip club. Uh, What makes you stand out like that? Why do you think you get so much attention for them? Um, I, I feel like it's really, I mean, I'm just, I'm nothing that special or anything. I just promote myself like a ton on social media. I'm constantly, um, on line inviting people to come up. I'm, um, say, or at that time I was constantly like, Hey, I'm going to be working at this club. Come see me and everything and bring people in that way. Cause I'm actually like very, very shy. I'm a very shy person. So like, yeah, um, it was just like easier for me to market myself online and bring people in that way. And that's how I, I did that. I find that's a really common theme amongst adult performers, adult entertainers, um, that were like low key introverted or shy. And I, we always get that question, like, how do you get the confidence to walk around in lingerie all the time? And I feel like there's something about being in the club that boosts your confidence I don't know if that's the same yeah. for you, but like, that's how I feel about being in the club. I think that once you're in that situation, like you're kind you kind of have to be confident. I don't know. Like, I don't know necessarily that it is for, at least for me, I'm just speaking for myself. I think, I mean, it's very, um, I think other performers, um, might feel like it's easy and they're fully confident when they get there and everything. But for me, when I was on stage, it was just like, well, I have to do this to make money. So I am going to be, be confident on stage and do my thing and make some money. So, I mean, yeah, fake it till you make it. Yeah, there's only so many but, dances and so much uh, attention that the shy girl in the corner is going to get, you know? It, it, for sure, it works with some guys, but, yeah, you got to kind of, like, you're not going to survive in the club if you don't build that confidence or at least fake that confidence. Yeah, I used yeah. to be really uncomfortable asking people for dances. Like, my approach was very much, like, I used to post up in a corner. It went with my aesthetic more because I was I had long black hair. I always wore, like, dark clothing that, like, being, like, the unapproachable bitch in the corner worked for me. But when I went blonde and became more like the Barbie type, I was like, okay, I need to start asking guys to go for dances, which was really awkward for me at first. But then I remember that quote being like, uh, closed mouths don't get fed. And I was like, damn, is that, that is true. <laughs> like, yeah. You just start like actually getting out there and doing it. I felt the same way about yeah. tipping. Like I'm from New Zealand, so we do not tip at all. So asking people for tips was a really uncomfortable uh, step that I made. And now I'm like, mm, do you have for me? <laughs> Give me all the tips. <laughs> <laughs> so after stripping or, or while stripping, you've decided to make the jump into pornography. What made you decide to do that leap? 
Um, so during, when I was dancing, um, I started doing like photo shoots and stuff and I would promote that online too to try to get more work. Um, I'd put my photos and tag the photographers and everything and I would put that online and through there, like some, um, people contacted me that were, I guess, like in the industry or had some kind of connections or whatever. They're called like scouts or whatever. And, um, they were, uh, suggesting that I join, like start in porn. And I was like, well, I don't like at that time I wasn't really ready for that. And so it's been a while. Um, but I decided to do it when I started thinking about the fact that like it's now or never kind of and like I actually like had um like a very it's been a journey (laughs) accepting like what I do um because a lot of people don't accept it like my family and everything and like so therefore I feel like I didn't really accept it and fully and um was kind of like trying to hide it and everything. And I finally got to a point where I'm like, you know what, this is what I'm doing for a living. And I know what kind of person that I am. So screw it. Like if somebody doesn't accept what I do, um, accept me, um, for who I am and like, um, regardless of what I do for a living, then they're screw them. So I was finally like, you know what, I'm going to do this because I personally don't have a problem with it. Like I like what I do. I enjoy what I do. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. And so I was like, you know what, if people find out, because I mean, if you're in the porn industry, you're going to be mainstream. People are going to be seeing you like with the other stuff. I could kind of hide it. Even if I am doing like social media and everything, I still felt like, um, there was a way for people to not find out. But once I made that leap, that's, which is what held me back all this time. Um, once I decided to make that leap, I was like, you know, people are going to know, well, I mean, they, they know. And if they don't accept me, then that's their thing. And so that's what really, like, I finally like made that decision and that journey and everything to, um, just be like, fuck it. I'll do it. I like it. I like the money. Like I like what I'm doing. And (laughs) so that's what led me to finally do it. But, um, another thing that I, that crossed my mind too, was that my age range or whatever, I feel like I am in the MILF or in the MILF age range now. So I can, um, like I feel more comfortable being labeled as a MILF and everything. And, um, I saw that it was like a big category for porn and whatnot. So I felt like it would be successful. Yeah. So I guess I've listened to a couple of interviews with you. Um, and that was kind of like a 10 year journey from my understanding. Like you first started considering it at 25. Is that correct? Um, yeah, like late twenties. I don't remember exactly how old I was when they like first contacted me or whatever, but, um, 
yeah, it was, it was a long time. <laughs> it was a long time. Yeah. And would you have just been in, I mean, I'm assuming you would just be in like mainstream porn, not like MILF porn. Like when do women usually make that switch? Oh, that, yeah. So like what I, so before I got into porn, I wasn't really like, you know, I wasn't watching it or d- didn't know anything about porn really, right. um, that much. Um, so I didn't know this until I joined, but it seems that like you're either 18 or you're a MILF. There's no like in between. So it's like, you know, if, uh, if, you're, if you happen to look a little bit, if you happen to not look like a teenager, then you're automatically a MILF, regardless of your age. You could be 22 years old and be casting as a MILF or whatever. Well, I don't know if that's, I'm just saying that's my opinion. I don't know if that's facts. Like, I don't know if there's 22 year old MILFs, but (laughs) like, I do know that there's been like 20, I think a girl on one of my sets was like 20, 24, 25 or something. Wow, insane. I, you're playing on somebody's mom. What? Like, I get it that it's like, because like the milk category is like the the boy in it is uh, obviously like an adult. So it's like, how are you playing his mom? You know, <laughs> you guys are like the same age. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, there's no other category. So I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to do it, this is a great time for me to start now that I'm not in that age range that like weird age range where there's not really like a specific category to market. Right. So I feel like with the age gap between, um, women and like some older men now, it's not too far fetched that you would get like a 22 year old stepmom, <laughs> a, hundred, 90, a 19 year old stepmom, a hundred percent, especially in Vancouver. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so you've been in the porn industry for just a little over two years now. What do you contribute to your fast success? Um, well, I've worked with a lot of um, really great people, like my agency, OC Modeling. Um, obviously, like I signed with them because I did my research to find out, you know, like which company I felt would be best for me. They represent a lot of um, MILFs and um or at least that's what I was told from my, my, um, the person that got me in or whatever. But, um, and then I work with right now, um, Star Factory PR and they do a lot of, um, help with, uh, like setting up interviews and whatnot. Um, but I really honestly, like, I feel like a lot of it is because of, just me constantly, uh, plugging myself online. Um, I feel like that reach it. I mean, online, you can reach so many people. So I try to do it very often. Yeah. No, Whether it was, I mean, back in the day when I was stripping and trying to get people into the club to see me, um, versus, promoting my online modeling stuff to get more shoots. Now I'm doing porn and I'm promoting my, my, um, you know, my porn scenes or movies as well as like, we're doing the interview now I'm going to promote this. Um, anything that I do, I, I promote it. So I feel like that's really the biggest thing. 
Yeah, I think that's a really big misconception people, like what I call squares have, is how much um, work it really takes and how much of like um, entrepreneur you really are in the industry. Um, we need to promote ourselves. We need to know how to market to different audiences. Um, there's such like a business mindset behind it. And I think, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, people really do a disservice to adult entertainers because they don't appreciate how much work um, we really put into it. But your yeah. the work you've put into it has clearly paid off because in for the 2021 Avian Awards, you were voted by fans the hottest MILF. And you also got best breast, I believe, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, something like that, like magnificent breast or something. I was like, <laughs> I'll take <"Alrighty>. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Raisin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, you're becoming one of the top male performers in the industry um, with, without question. Like, so you said that was like, that was a conscious choice. You know, you either had to be kind of like the teen or the mouth. Um, yeah. Within within MILF porn or within porn in general, is there a subsection of porn you enjoy performing the most? Um, honestly, like, um, I, I like boy girl scenes. I don't know. That sounds like so boring, but like, I just like, like the straight, like boy girl, like, I wish it was like always just gonzo straight to the sex because (laughs) I'm like, oh, these like storylines are so silly sometimes, but, um, yeah, uh, I haven't, I haven't done, like, we, I did, um, I, my, like, one of my very first shoots was, like, an orgy scene, I'm not really into that, um, but, I mean, I'll do it, because it's, you know, money, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah. um, and I just recently took girl, girl off my list, because not so much that I'm not into girls, I am, but, um, I just don't feel comfortable doing it on camera. I don't feel like it's good. So I feel like more comfortable, um, doing boy girl scenes. So yeah, I do those. And, um, I love sucking cock. I always say this. I love sucking cock. So (laughs) like blowjob scene, boy girl. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. You're going to get some of the guys who wrote in for, uh, questions real hot and heavy with that sentence. (laughs) They're just going to pause, rewind, pause, rewind as they jerk off. Um, I completely agree with the storyline. I always think like the amount of time and money it takes to produce like the whole like backstory of porn. And I feel like I'm in the majority of people who go to like the 10 minute mark. Yeah. Watch like the orgasms and then I, you know, rub one out. (laughs) What's been like the most outrageous script or like storyline that you have either seen or been a part of oh probably my wait no there was I don't know it's a tie I have two (laughs) um my first one was for reality kings and it was the french fries oh god I wish I could remember the title of it but it was um where the I go to like a, a fast food restaurant. They're taking forever to get my food ready. So I go back and the fry cook is back there like 
masturbating with a burger. (laughs) I'm like, oh, no wonder why it's taking so long for my food. Like, let me help you you. to get off. So let's do it. (laughs) That's what happens. Like (laughs) now I know why McDonald's really takes so long. You're back there jerking them all off. (laughs) (laughs) All them fry kick cocks. (laughs) That wasn't mating. (laughs) <laughs> Ew. just sucking off all the fry cooks back yeah. there <laughs> and and then my other one was um I did the scene recently it was for cherry pimps and um it was a cup scene which was super awkward for me to do but I did it and it was really good but <laughs> um the guy was um my husband I mean uh he was Portraying uh, whatever, like a wimpy guy or whatever they label him as. And um, the milkman comes to deliver my milk, and I'm like yelling at my, I was in like a fight with my husband and everything. And then he comes in, and I'm like, oh, fuck my husband, fuck me. And like, I had to like be like <laughs> fucking this guy while this guy is sitting here, and I'm like, he's watching, and then I've got the whole camera crew watching, and everyone's <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh my god, this one's just nuts. But, <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. That one was like a kind of a funny scene though, like to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe they're still doing the milkman storyline. That's I know. that's hilarious. Like did kids oh say who god, watched yes, it? My milkman was uh Steve Holmes and it was it was great. <laughs> I wonder if, like, the younger generation coming into the very legal age to watch porn um, understands, like, what a milkman is anymore. 100% they don't. 100% they don't know what a milkman is. Um, So you mentioned there that you took Girl on Girl off your list. And I think that's maybe a misconception some people have that you do have autonomy over what kind of scenes you perform or who you perform with, if I'm correct. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is obviously an amazing thing, and that's as it should be. Um, are there any styles of porn you dislike or any of your hard no's? Um, anal. Anal is a hard, hard no. <laughs> oh, one listener question is going to be very disappointed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that all the time. Everybody is always like, when's your anal scene, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. But, I mean, I don't know. I've done, like, so much that I didn't think that I would do that maybe. But I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I've I've tried. No, I've, like, done anal in my personal life. And it was not a pleasant experience. But I've heard from people that, like, well, you know, you might. Uh, he was doing it wrong. You've got to lube it up. You've got to prepare. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, ah, I don't think that I want to do that though. Like again, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so. we, that's something we've talked about before too about anal. I find um, like vaginal sex, like obviously different curves and like whatever. Like sex feels differently with different people, but I find anal sex feels like insanely different between different dicks and like. I have yeah. had sex with one dick with anal that felt really good and it was obviously more slender and then I like attempted with another dick and there is absolutely no fucking way in hell I instantly wanted to vomit. It was just that like gut <laughs> feeling of like, oh, <laughs> like no, don't like this. Um, but I have girlfriends who like will jump their ass on a dick 
any day of the week and twice on Sunday and <laughs> they love it. But like, it's Same. Not. That's what I always hear is that it's great. And I'm like, from my experience, it fucking hurt. I don't know. But yeah, yeah there wasn't any preparation or anything. So maybe that's what it was, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm like, no, no, I, I don't think so. Especially not on camera right now. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's like a ton, a shit ton of, like, you have to, like, <laughs> a guard yourself and, like, what? A, a shit, shit ton? ton. <laughs> the day before, yeah, it's like a, oh, shit ton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that, but, um, yeah, no, it's too much work. It's too much work for preparation. Uh, just, just add on to a comment you said there, you've done things that you didn't think you would um I just want to like reiterate that like and maybe I'm assuming here but that was your choice to try things that you were originally maybe not into as much that no one was like forcing you to try things oh yeah right exactly I'm just hyper aware of how many like squares listen and I'll be like see they forced her to do that (laughs) oh god no 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 not at all (laughs) (laughs) so one of the things we hear a lot about and we know a bit about in our industry, our aspect of the industry is something that we call the horarchy or the whore hierarchy, where there's this kind of dynamic of, you know, uh, strippers thinking that they're better than full service sex workers. And then, you know, um, in call sex workers thinking they're better than out call sex workers. And just this kind of, um, tiering of, who's like classier or better than the other. Uh, so we were just wondering what the dynamic yeah, amongst, a, yeah, we were just wondering what the dynamic amongst um, people in the porn industry. Do you see that hierarchy in the porn industry as well? Uh, did you feel that when you're in the strip club? Um, so I try to like completely stay out of any of that. So uh, what I will say is that um, I do definitely feel um and I don't know if it's maybe something that's just in my head that I feel like people think this or if it is reality like they really do feel this way but the way that I see it is um that uh you know there's the whole thing like when you're working at the strip club um with girls you know, accusing others or thinking others are doing extras and screw them. Um, like we're better than them because we don't have to do that. And then there's like, there is definitely, I feel, um, some people that like are like, Oh, well, you know, you, work for this company and I work for this company. So you're like beneath me, same as like, Oh, well you're, I'm a, I'm a, um, waitress. I don't have to dance. And I, and so you're beneath me or, you know, it's the same thing I feel. So the hierarchy is alive and well, I guess (laughs) is what you're saying in every aspect of the industry, sadly. Um, are, on set are the dynamic between like actors usually pretty good um on set yeah i mean me personally i've never had a problem ever with anybody Mm -mm. that's awesome yeah 
What about, uh, I mean, I don't know how many like independent porn artists kind of more towards like female directed, more like, I guess, indie porn you come across. Is there like, I guess, tension between um, sort of mainstream porn and indie porn? Hmm. I, I don't know because I haven't really experienced that side of it like indie porn another misconception i often hear about the porn industry or the sex industry in general is that you know um sex workers are dirty you know people say that all the time and um just curious if you can talk on like how the porn industry takes sexual health into consideration like you said you mentioned there's testing being done um what does that look like in the porn industry um so, are you asking like what we do for testing? Yeah, um, how, how oh, you ensure okay. so like safety. before before we um, do a scene, we test our co performers, or I mean, we look at our co performers' tests, and um, the tests are done through like talent testing or cutting edge testing facilities, and the results are online. Um, so we show each other our online results just to like verify that yes, like we're clean of any STDs. Yeah. I think that's something that people don't really understand when they say like, oh, porn star, oh she's and like I hate this term. Oh, she's dirty, oh he's dirty, like they fuck so many people. And it's like, okay, you know, Joe from the bar, when was the last time your dick got tested? And are you asking your partners for like their test results? Probably not. So like who's really taking their right. sexual health more seriously here? Right. Um, I find that such a, um, an interesting misconception, um, an unfortunate misconception about the sex industry as a whole. Um, another misconception I'm often hearing about people wanting to kind of banish porn or, um, you know, get rid of it is that, porn is unethical that porn porn performers aren't treated fairly that they have no autonomy um and with that we've seen this kind of movement of this uh term ethical porn and people uh coming forward new kind of independent um independent kind of uh production companies that say you know we are creating ethical porn um have you heard anything about that or, or what's your take on what ethical porn does or should look like? I guess I'm confused because I feel like porn is ethical. I guess that's where my confusion lays. Um, um, I do know that like before we, before we um, shoot a scene, uh, we have to go through our like nose our no list, if we have a no list, like some people are obviously mine is like no anal, like please don't try to fuck me in my ass. Yeah. But it's not this kind of scene, so I don't really even need to say that. But I I always am like, that's really my only no. But um yeah, so like if you have a problem with being called a whore while filming or whatever, um, if that's gonna set you off, you say that then before filming. Um, we go through the nose and then also, um, they verify like on film and everything that like, you're not being forced to do this, that, um, 
that you're doing this with your own free will, that you're not under the influence of anything, all this. So I feel it's very ethical um, already from my experience. I don't, I, maybe it wasn't that way before, but it was, if it wasn't that way before, then it was before I got into the industry. So I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I think that a lot of people have this misconception that, um, you know, a lot of porn stars have their no lists and their do's and don'ts, but then once they get into a scene, uh, the director might sort of coerce or, you know, people might be coerced into doing stuff. Have you heard about like anyone's experience with that or how is that handled in the industry? Like it would the director get banned, like sort of what are the repercussions of trying to coerce someone to doing something? Oh, um, no, I haven't, I haven't experienced that myself. So I don't, I don't know. I think that's an important takeaway though. What you said when the question was asked saying, you know, I'm confused by this question because in my opinion, porn is ethical. I think that's, um, a huge takeaway because I think when people are throwing out ethical porn, I mean, I'm sure there are some situations where unethical things happen to people and that's extremely unfortunate and that does need to be addressed. But I think when people are kind of um, lumping all of the porn industry as this unethical industry, um, they're kind of um, blanketing it as the idea of, you know, you're like she like Riley said, your no list isn't respected, which you said, you know, you've experienced respect with your no list or that there's a lot of coercion, which is something you have not experienced in your personal um, experience with the alt porn industry. Um, So like I think any industry, there's definitely there's definitely corruption in, in some areas or people that take advantage of people. And that's in every industry. Um, so I think it's important and awesome to know that that's not your experience in the industry because. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, um, uh, one other thing that I wanted to add to is that I always feel comfortable, um, being like, stop, you know, like if, or stop filming if yeah. I need to. Yeah. Like, that's huge. Yeah. I can stop anytime. Yeah. <laughs> and I can call my agent and be like, Hey, this is happening. Get me out of here. Like, or talk me through this or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think that's kind of everyone's goal is to have like full autonomy. And I feel like, you know what, in a lot of industries outside of the adult entertainment industry, a lot of workers don't have autonomy. If their boss is doing sh- something shady, they wouldn't have that kind of protection or the ability to go to someone higher up and say, hey, like this made me uncomfortable. They didn't respect this and not get fired instantly. So I Absolutely. dare to yeah. say that Al Entertainment, uh, the sex industry does have a lot more autonomy than a lot of other career choices. Um, but maybe I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> so you made a comment there, you know, you're having sex with this guy watching, the whole crew's watching, you know, and you're like, oh, this is awkward. And I think that's something that a lot of people think that having sex on camera is going to be awkward. And it's also has to be exhausting. Um, I just think like people in general are exhausting when we go to, <laughs> when we go to the club after night, we're like, you know, we look at me, nobody talk to me. I need like eight hours like to be alone. Do you ever experience kind of um, a sexual exhaustion or depletion uh, from doing porn? And if so, how do you combat that? Um, taking time off. I mean, I, 
again, going back to the whole like autonomy thing, like I'm working for myself. Um, so, I mean, if I feel like I don't want, if I'm tired, if I'm, um, just can't, can't perform, if I don't want to be around people, if I need, um, mental rest for myself, if I need to take care of myself, I can do that. Um, that's, that's like the biggest thing about, uh, being my own boss, um, in the sex work industry is that if I need to, uh, you know, do self care, I can, I can do it at any time. So that's what I always do is like, okay, I need a break. I need time to step away and just go on vacation or whatever. That's usually that you, that's usually my answer is going on vacation. <laughs> Honestly, it's so. a good answer. Um I guess going off that sort of like sexual depletion, has working in the porn industry changed the way that you enjoy sex in your personal life? Um, no, I don't feel like it has. I feel like I'm in my personal life. Um, I feel like I'm pretty much the same person as like if I were working at a regular job. I'm, I'm very good at like for it, for me, I feel that I'm very good at like separating the two. So I don't feel that way. Speaking of personal life, dating as strippers is fucking hard. We talk about it a lot on the podcast. Um, how is dating as a porn star? Um, the same. I mean, it's, I feel like dating as a sex worker in general is, very, very hard. Um, and with, with porn, it's probably even harder because, you know, it's not just like, Oh, my, my, um, family is going to find out that you work at a strip club. It's like my family can actually see you fucking (laughs) like they can actually go and Google you and see it. Like, so I feel like it's even harder and it's kind of like, um, you uh, hard to, unless you're actually in the industry, unless you're actually, um, part of it, uh, it's very hard to understand from the outside looking in. So, um, there's that, but yeah, it's dating, um, is hard in general. And when you add that layer to it, it's a lot harder. Definitely. We, we echo the same thing a lot of the time that like, unless your partner is also a sex worker, it's very, very hard for someone from the outside world to understand how we can differentiate and compartmentalize our work from our personal life. Um, that's something mm-hmm. we've faced a lot in our uh, romantic relationships outside of work. It's, you know, they're, they're super cool with it when you first meet them. Oh my God, you're so hot. Everyone wants you. And it's like, fuck, everyone wants you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think it's definitely seen as like, I mean, stripping and I can imagine that porn stars are just like magnified as well is that it's just seen as such a novelty. And mm-hmm. then as soon as that shine wears off, the guys are like, Meh. <laughs> <laughs> stop that now. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a 
a lot of chat around uh, female porn stars having sort of like a shorter career than uh, men I because of the influx of new, as you said before, like teenage girls. Um, do you have any advice to help with the longevity um, of one's career, both in the porn industry and in sex work in general? Um, I would say focus on your own, well, <laughs> not only fans, but focusing on your own content, um, is a big deal. Um, that way you have that going forward. You've made a name for yourself in porn and going, moving forward, you can hopefully capitalize on that, um, with your own content and having like the different sites, like, um, like sex Panther to communicate with fans and, uh, many vids to sell video clips or, or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying I don't, you know, have any reason to say like just these sites, whatever site you feel like you want to be on. But, um, yeah, just, um, really like just the whole like porn thing. Isn't really to me, I've never viewed porn as like, this is my, my, um, main money for me. My main money is everything that I can do with, with the name that I'm making and getting my name out there. So I feel like that should really be the focus. Yeah. I think it's really important to create a brand for yourself and then, and also diversify, you know, so you're not relying on, on one sole aspect to make money for sure. I think it's a really smart. Thank you for saying, explaining it that way. That makes more sense. I got you. <laughs> I got Thank you. Pick it up where you're putting down there, Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what are some of the things about the porn industry? And we've touched on some of them, uh, that you think outside outsiders would be surprised to learn about the industry. Um, well, <laughs> we already touched on like a lot of it that there's, you know, so much more, um, autonomy than what people really think that there is. Um, and also that we're just like, we're normal. Everyone in the sex industry is a normal person when they leave their job, whether they're a stripper, whether they're a cam girl, whether they're a porn star, whatever, um, you, you stop. It's just like any other job. You get off the clock and you go home. Well, we, we don't necessarily, I mean, for me, I don't necessarily get off the clock. I'm working all the time. I saw this one, like this one picture where it was like, or, um, this one, uh, I don't know, post, it was like, um, you know, I didn't want to work a nine to five job. So now I'm working a 24 to <laughs> seven job yeah. instead. Like I never get off the clock, but, um, when I'm not, you know, interacting with a fan through Sex Panther, when I'm not taking photos to promote myself, when I'm not um, flying out to LA to do shoots or whatever, I'm home and I'm a normal fucking person. I'm not this thing that you have in your head that I am. So I feel like that's how everybody is in sex work and people don't necessarily outside of sex work see it that way. 
Definitely. Definitely. I think a lot of people also kind of see us as like a subhuman, um, which is unfortunate because yeah, we're everyone in the industry is a human, you know, we all go through the same shit everyone else does. We just have a job that for some reason is looked at weird by society, but you all want to jerk off to us. So, <laughs> so before we get into the listener questions, do you have any tips for people that are wanting to begin a career in the porn industry, how they might get started into it? Um, contact an agency. That's my biggest thing is make sure that you're doing it through an, a legitimate, um, agency that's licensed. Perfect. Awesome. So we're going to jump into the listener questions here. We have a fuck ton of them. So we're going to try to go through them somewhat quickly. Uh, Uh, Rapid fire. (laughs) Rapid fire listener questions. Uh, The first one were a lot of compliments about your body. Uh, Her body is amazing. How many times does she work out per week? Zero. (laughs) I don't work out. I'm sorry. Oh my God. People are going to hate you. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I guess porn would be a lot of cardio though. So that's true. That's true. Uh, well, I do. I am going to a pole class after this. So I guess I work out a little bit, but I, I'm not at all like one of those people that's at the gym like every day. No. <laughs> it's great genetics, I guess then. Uh, the next one is about these boobs that won the uh, won the award for Avian. Uh, what is your implant size? And then another question was, who was your doctor for your implants? Yes. Yeah, so my... Um, Implants are five sixty cc's. Um, so I actually went from like being an A cup to an E cup, and my doctor is amazing. <laughs> He's in Novi, Michigan. <laughs> His name is Doctor Raisin for Star Plastic Surgery, and he's awesome. Love him. Loves work. They're going to be full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. This is something that we hear full-service sex workers getting asked a lot, and people even ask us strippers, too. The question is, what does she do when she has her period? How does she perform? How does she perform? Um, we use sponges on set, <laughs> and at, at um, work when I was a stripper, I would just cut the string of my tampon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a universal stripper. There's no days off. <laughs> There's no days off. <laughs> Next question. I want to give my boyfriend head like a porn star. Any techniques or tips for giving a good blowjob? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of eye contact, lots of, um, you know, slow licking, sucking, looking up while sucking, a little bit of dirty talk, which I'm learning to get better at. I am, like, so, like, uh I get, I feel so awkward talking dirty, but I'm starting to get better at it. But I know that that guys love that shit. So <laughs> next question, what is the income like? Lana Rhodes mentioned that she only ever got paid $1,000 per shoot. Um, yeah, the standard industry rate for a shoot, I believe is like $1,000 for a boy girl scene. Next question. How does she promote the MILF aspect of her character? Um, how do I promote it? I have taglined myself as the Midwestern MILF because I feel like that like really explains me. I'm like very down to earth and very like, um, just like a nice Midwestern, you know, whatever. And like the whole MILF thing is my category. So that's how I've 
I've done it. I've kind of embraced who I am and where I come from and included the MILF part too. So love that. And there's a couple other MILF questions here. If you're a MILF, but you look hot and younger, is there any monetary benefit to brand as a MILF still? Okay. So like, if you're like a younger, um, I, yeah, I feel like I feel, well, I mean, really just brand, brand yourself. However you feel makes you different and unique and, um, what sets you, you apart from others is I feel the best way to brand yourself. Yeah, definitely. Do you have one asset you present most frequently as your moneymaker? If so, what is it? My big titties, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Big milk tits. (laughs) Big old bitties. (laughs) Big bobs. Uh, If a fan wanted to hook up with you, what's their best chance of doing so? Um, Maybe coming and seeing me when I hopefully – Feature dance. (laughs) That's my goal is to start feature dancing. Um, Or uh, one of the, like the ABNs or Exotica. If I ever get to one of them, I I keep having plans to go. And then like something comes up every time. But um, hopefully this coming ABN, we won't have COVID stuff going on. And I'll be there. And I would love to meet everyone. Awesome. There you go. There's a shot, guys. Get in there, (laughs) bring flowers (laughs) and money. (laughs) So the other questions are some things you have coming up. Um, Any plans for an anal scene, which you've said no. (laughs) And then, not yet, not yet. Maybe in the future, but not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Any plans to work with Xander Corvus from Brazzers? Um, I work with whoever (laughs) the agency, you know, whoever I'm, I don't really get any say in who I work with unless it's for content. So, but I would love to work with them. (laughs) Okay. So Alexander, if you're listening, (laughs) he actually wrote in the question. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It was actually, it was actually his question. Uh, (laughs) Last two questions here. Funniest filming techniques, like the shots they use to make it look like in quotes, intercourse is happening, tricks of the trade, that sort of thing. They, the things that make her laugh about the industry in general. Um, so that one scene that I was talking about with, um, the fry cook. So he's like this younger guy and we're, (laughs) he does the, the pop, um, you know, once, and then they're, they made, they wanted to make it look like he popped in my mouth or on my tits or wherever it was. And then kept going like, he, cause he's, you know, a younger kid or whatever. So he's like, he just came and now he's coming again. Like he's jerking. So they used this like little, <laughs> this little, um, inject. Oh God, what are they called? I can't think of the name. It's like this little, um, injector thingy. Like a syringe. Do you know what I'm talking about? Huh? A syringe. Syringe. Yes, they use a syringe with lube, like cum looking lube, and squirted it to make it look like. <laughs> and it was like squirting above my head because they had it like come above my head too. Like you just was coming all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> like squirting all over. <laughs> it was so funny. That's hilarious. That's so good. <laughs>
That one was the best. (laughs) (laughs) Last one here. What's your favorite aspect of your career? Uh, My favorite aspect of my career is definitely being able to uh, take, like we talked about, like take time off if I need to for any reason and being in charge of, in in charge of myself. I'm my own boss. I can work from pretty much anywhere that I want at this point. Um, Hopefully that will continue after the whole OnlyFans thing. I don't know, but um, as of right now, um, I can work from wherever I want. And even if I'm not doing the OnlyFans stuff, if I'm working at a strip club or doing the porn or whatever, um, I can choose that when I work and where I work. Yeah, that freedom is huge. Mm -hmm. Yes. So before we let you go, we have three rapid-fire questions that we ask all of our guests. First one is, what is what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet but want to try? I really, really want to try a blow-bang scene. I'm like, I kind of want, I'm curious about a gang-bang scene, but I want to start out with a blow-bang because... <laughs> Sorry, what's a blowbang? I assume it's like a gang bang, but all blowjobs. I assume that's what you mean? It's like a group of blowjobs. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All the (laughs) blowjobs. Yes. Surrounded by dicks to suck. Yes. Please. (laughs) Next one. What is one thing you've tried sexually that you probably won't be doing again? Uh, well, we talked about, I'll just go to that again. The anal. Yeah. <laughs> the anal. <laughs> the, the anal. Uh, yeah. Anal without lube. Oh. <laughs> see, what? that's what it, yeah, see. <laughs> and that's the reaction you get. No, girl. <laughs> and the last one here. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's one that I'd have to think about. But um, for this purpose, for the podcast that we're doing, um, definitely, like I have already mentioned um, that, you know, uh, sex work has given me the opportunity to um, be my own boss and to work my own hours and be employed when I might otherwise not be employed. Um, therefore, able to take care of all of my you know, all the things that I need to take care of without having a government assistance and, you know, all that stuff that people, uh, people are so, you know, against and everything. So I just don't understand that, like, you know, why people are so, so, so against sex work when (laughs) it's done so much good for me. And for so many people, the consumers as well, right? All right, Lindsay, before we let you go, what's next for you coming up? So um, I'm going to be, at the end of this month, going back to L.A. to shoot some more scenes. So hopefully there will be some great scenes coming out. There's um, already, like, I would say about eight to ten scenes that haven't come out yet that I've already shot. And I'm also working on feature dancing um, through A-list talents or A-list, A-list, um, features. Sorry. (laughs) That's awesome. Maybe you'll come out here to Vancouver soon. Yes. (laughs) 
That would be amazing. And where can people find you, Lindsay? Um, I am at Lindsay Ryder on Instagram, Lindsay Ryder XXX at Twitter. And you can also contact me um, through my Sex Panther at Lindsay Dash Ryder is my name on there. <laughs> and Lindsay spelled L I N Z E E, and then Ryder is R Y D E R. Yes. <laughs> yep. Awesome. <laughs> Riley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Fan City Riley. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at 50plusatip or email at 50plusatip at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for all the information about the porn industry and your experience in it. Um, It was very eye-opening and it was uh, really enjoyable to sit down and talk with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. Bye.